Hello to all the mamas listening. I'm Eden, Brittany's daughter. I want to let you know that us kids need our parents praying for us. Mama made a beautiful prayer journal to help you do that. Find the Head to Toe Prayer Journal at www.nohiracalling.org. Welcome to No Higher Calling Family. I'm Simeon. And I'm Brittany. As we seek to reflect Christ in our marriage and parent our children in a world defined by compounded confusion, we desire to anchor our hearts to the truths of God's Word. Join us on our journey. We hope to encourage you in your calling and equip you to pass truth to the next generation. Hello and welcome back to this episode of the No Higher Calling Family podcast, and we're Looking forward to getting into some things, and thank you for joining us so much. If you have begun listening to this episode alone, we highly recommend that you grab your spouse and bring them along, and uh, we will enjoy just kind of talking with some uh, with you about some things today. We're talking about simplifying life, and um, just kind of give you an idea of where we're coming from on this particular episode. We have, as you can well imagine, a lot of things going on all the time don't we? Really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we only have five kids and our ministry family and (laughs) run our own businesses. And yeah, it's pretty wild. So, um, a few years back when we first were starting this journey that we've been on to come over to Australia, we launched what's known as deputation, which means that we were traveling all over the country, raising support to get over here to Australia and to stay over here in Australia. And during that process, life was just wild. I mean, we were traveling, we were in a different place every night, we were all over the place, driving hours upon hours, and then we also still had a regular life that we had to maintain as well. And we were homeschooling kids, and we were doing all kinds of things. So trying to balance all of that was really where we first realized that we needed to simplify some things. And that that's kind of what got us started on this road. Now we have two businesses that we're operating out of the home. Uh, I'm pastoring a church. We've got the five kids. We've got two of them that are in school. There's just a lot of stuff going on. So if we didn't simplify something, we would have to stop some things that we're doing, or we would just go mad. I think I mean, everybody's family dynamic is going to look different. Your Your number of kids, your career path, um, just no, no two people are going to look alike, but we just live in a day and age where life is just busy. Um, and some of that, like we're going to talk in this episode may just be too much. Maybe we need to scale back or maybe it's all really good things. And some seasons are just going to be busier than others. I mean, the fact that we have five kids right now brings its own busyness that they're not going away. We don't want them to, we love the busyness that they bring. Um, but as we've been talking about, really simplifying in so many different areas on the podcast in January. Um, We've gotten some questions about some different specific things that we just thought, well, this is going to be a catch-all episode. So as we are having this NHC family chat, uh, Simeon and I together, and as hopefully you are listening together as a couple, we're just going to hit some highlights of some different areas of life that as a couple – that you might want to think about simplifying because while it's good to be plugged into things 
and to be busy and doing things. I do feel like there have been seasons of our life, and then I hear from others, where life is kind of happening to you instead of you like actually living it and enjoying it and thriving in it. We, we tend to get stuck in a rut of, you know, just you wake up, you do this, then you do that, then you do this. And before you know it, you're going to bed just to start it all over again. Um, and God has called us, we've said it before on the podcast, not just to life, but to life abundant. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it sounds like the opposite of what you want to do to have that abundant full life. Like, okay, shouldn't I be embracing everything? Shouldn't I say yes to everything? If I want to have this rich, full life for myself, for my family, for my children, shouldn't we sign them up for everything we can sign them up for? Um, Actually, we found in our own life that it has been in times where we have really scaled back that then we have had the freedom to invest in the things that have really mattered. Yeah, and so um, that kind of it, it leads right into um, what we should do when we're when we're seeking to simplify things. Before we get into that, though, um, when do you need to simplify? It's almost never a bad idea. <laughs> To simplify things, um, because what that actually oftentimes means is you're optimizing the time that you're using. You're not wasting time. You're making that time better and using it better. And that is one way to simplify things is simply to optimize the things that you have to do. But another way is to get rid of the things that you don't have to do or don't want to do. It's a good conversation to have as a couple. I mean, here we're kicking off a brand new year. It's a great time to uh, assess, which is, I think going to be our first point here. Um, but it's a great thing to revisit throughout like, Hey, how are we doing? Are we overwhelmed? Are we not having time to sit down and eat dinner as a family? Are we, um, you know, struggling in connecting husband and wife, parent and child? Um, are we just exhausted constantly? Um, and, and there is some exhaustion, like we said, that comes just as a good part of working hard and, serving the Lord. But, um, if you're just kind of on that hamster wheel of life, I guess, um, these are just good conversations to have as a couple, as we're trying to really hit, um, kind of a a nerve, I guess, as a, as a family topic. And this, this idea is not unique to just families. Um, this exact same thing can be applied to a business. It can be applied and really I'm applying it here in the upcoming year for the church. And, you know, just the, the overarching concepts are the same regardless. So anyway, uh, the first one that we'll, we'll talk about quickly is assessment. The first thing you have to do is assess. If you want to simplify things, you have to take a hard and honest look about what you're doing now. Uh, do you feel stressed? Do you feel stretched thin on time? Do you feel like you're not getting everything done in the day that you need to get done? And therefore you feel like you're constantly playing catch up. If that is the case, then you need to take a good, hard look at everything that you're doing, assess whether or not you're doing those things well, whether or not you have enough time to do them, and whether or not they're actually truly necessary for for you to do. Um, and if you can take a, sometimes it's hard to take an honest look. Sometimes you need someone on the outside to tell you, <laughs> like to take a look at what's going on in your life to see if you if you honestly need some of those. Well, I think sometimes too, I mean, God gave a husband and a wife to each other to, to be the help me, to be that, uh, ability part or accountability partner. 
Um, so it's a really good conversation to have together. You know, Simeon may not feel like he's in a rut of burying himself in work, but I'm probably going to notice that. Or he, I, I might not notice that, oh, my focus is very heavily on the children to the neglect of our relationship or our marriage, but he might notice that. So having this conversation as a couple assessing is really good. And you know, maybe you assess and you're like, we're in a great place. We are making time for what's important. We are choosing the best over even the good maybe, and definitely not the worst. Um, Or maybe you come to it and you're like, you know what? We actually find that we do have margin or space, or maybe you've been in a process of taking something out and and you have a void and you want to fill it with a new ministry involvement or, you know, an extracurricular for your kids. Um, So it's not like you come to this thinking, oh, what what do we have to cut? What do we have to say no to? Um, Maybe you're just going to give each other a round of applause and say, hey, we're doing a good job. Or like I said, make space for more. But really assessment is the first thing. You've got to have that chat. Next would be prioritizing. Prioritizing is basically just laying things in order. There's a whole lot in the scripture about setting things in order. Um, I'm preaching through Titus right now at the church, and um, we're we're going we're talking a lot about setting things in order. So that's what prioritization is. You're looking at after you've assessed all the things and you've gotten rid of the things that are not important at all. Now you've got just the things that you deem at least somewhat important. And prioritization says these things are most important. These things are important, but not quite as important. These things are could give or take. And then these things are not important and can be cast off to the side. Um, we just did a whole episode recently on family culture. I'll link it down in the comments. Um, so I don't think we'll belabor this point because that really took a hard look at as like as a husband and wife, as a family, what matters to us? Right. What What do we want to invest our? And that episode, if you're struggling with prioritizing, go listen to that episode if you haven't. I really think that that one will give a lot more context that we just won't belabor in this episode. And nothing else that we're going to say for the rest of the podcast is probably going to do you any good if you don't prioritize first. Because we can give you all the tips and tricks to planning your day, but if your priorities are out of whack, then you're going to plan your day improperly. Well, you can't simplify your life if you don't know what to take out and what to leave. Right. When you're prioritizing, there are some things that you're going to label as critical or non-negotiable. These are things that have to happen. Um, Like for us, those are church on Sunday, church on Wednesday, um, there are certain things that we do as a family. We have a family day. Now, non-negotiable doesn't mean that we don't ever move that family day around, but it means that it is a priority. It's going to happen every week, if at all possible. Um, so that's a non-negotiable. There are a few other things. You know, when you're prioritizing your money, we believe that the tithe belongs to the Lord. We prioritize that 10%, and it's given to Him, regardless of what expenses that we have, because it's the priority. So. In your time management, in your family, you've got to make sure that you're prioritizing certain things that are more important, but there are certain things that are not just important. They're absolutely not negotiable. The next thing that we we need to deal with is the actual strategizing. What do you do now that you have your priority list worked out? You say, these are important. These are kind of important. These are very important, but not quite as important as the non-negotiables. What do you do with that information? 
Now you got to come up with some kind of a workable plan. Um, now I'm going to warn you, if you try to overhaul your entire life on January 1st, you're going to fail. <laughs> um, everything At least by the third or fourth. <laughs> yeah. Everything is going to take a certain measure of time. Um, this is why flash diets don't work. Uh, you might lose a ton of weight and you're going to gain it all right back as soon as you start eating normal because you haven't changed a habit. You haven't changed anything, actually changed anything. So you need to do things in small workable chunks. They're going to help you to be able to, sh to, to, to work this problem out. So now that you've set your priorities, you need to strategize. How am I going to actually go about accomplishing first, the absolutely non-negotiable items on my list and then the most important items, and then the next most important items, and et cetera. So you need to, even if you need to get out a piece of paper, I'm not a pen and paper kind of person, but if you need to get out a piece of paper and just write down, like, these are some actionable steps that I'm going to take in order to order my day. And we're going to get into some things that can help you with some of that in just a little bit, but we're just, we're trying to get through the thought process first. So you start by assessing your scenario, then you prioritize the things that you have in your life. Then you're going to come up with a strategy as to how you're going to address and try to take out all of those things. And then you actually have to implement it. <laughs> this, this is what most people do with their new year's resolutions, right? They come up with all these ideas and then they never actually do them or they don't do them for very long. And this is where being a couple actually helps you. If you're, if you're, strategizing your life. You're trying to sim simplify your life. You have to do that together. And because you're doing that together, you, you have a built in accountability partner. I think too, you know, each other, you know, there are some people that are cold Turkey kind of people. I mean, you can just say, Hey, we are saying no to this. We don't have space and margin in our life for this. And we are saying yes to that. Let's stop it and let's start it. Um, other people, you've got to gradually transition. Um, and neither way is right or wrong. You just, you have to know yourself. You have to know your family um, and make those decisions. But like Simeon said, you know, the, the final step, the key step to do all, to all of this is you have to put it into practice. Even if it's just baby steps, even if it is a gradual process, um, you have to kind of chart what that is going to look like and then walk it out if this is something that you feel like you are needing to do in this season. And we really should have mentioned this in the beginning, but it falls under all of these, is keep God in the center mm -hmm. of all of this. Um, as you're assessing, as you're prioritizing, as you're strategizing, as you're implementing, um, you know, you, you must keep God in the center of everything, of your relationship, of your marriage, of your decision-making even, you know, sometimes we bring God into the big decisions of home and family and marriage, but we may feel like, oh, well, you know, this just day-to-day -day stuff, he's not bothered by. That is not true. He should really be woven into the very fabric of everything that your family does. So in all of this, make God a part. Um, but those are just kind of like a four-step <laughs> four plan. I kind of hate using stuff like that. Um, but just some things that we came up with when you're thinking through this, um, how to start walking this out. So we're going to just transition and talk about a few different areas of family life, of life in general that may need simplifying. Um, you know, and like I said, we've goodness, we've talked about meal rotations that really falls on me. Simeon really doesn't have much input on that one. Nope. Um, you know, we've talked about, 
uh, a morning routine. Now, maybe that would be helpful to the husband, but I was really speaking to the women there. Um, but these are going to be things we're just going to try to hit on here quickly that are kind of a, a overarching family couple thing that you're going to want to chat through together. So the first one, and I think this is probably the like number one pain point um, for families, when you feel like, oh, this episode was titled Simplifying Life. Yes, I need to simplify my life. Usually it's going to start with your schedule. Scheduling is like my worst nightmare. I absolutely hate calendars. I hate scheduling on deputation. I absolutely like hated every day because I had to follow a schedule all the time. So scheduling is not, is not my favorite subject. I, on the other in the hand, world. love my calendar. We have everything is color coded and <laughs> yeah, not, pen not, and paper, not my forte. Girl. We figured out early on in our marriage that we had our own personal calendars that we had to hold to because I had a job and she was at home and she had her own things going on and doctor's appointments and all this kind of stuff. And then I had my things going on and I had to go to the dentist and I had to do this and that. We figured out early on that we needed a joint calendar as well as private calendars. And so there's many ways to do that. But for us, what worked was we have one uh, email account that we share and we just synced we both put that email accounts calendar on our phone so that anything that we put in there, we both see. We don't put everything in that calendar, but we put anything that the other one needs to know about in that calendar so that it's there and so that I don't schedule over something. If she needs me to take her to a doctor's appointment, then I've not scheduled myself. Or if I need her to know that I'm going to be out of town or whatever the case is, um, we have that in the calendar so that both of us can see it. But then there's other things like things that I need to work on that do, do not matter at all to her that I keep in my personal calendar. Yeah. And I think this will change a little bit too in the next five, 10 years for us. Right now, our kids' calendar completely revolves around really our family calendar. Um, but as they start getting older and more independent and driving, and oh my goodness, I don't even want to think about that. But they're going to be adding their own calendar that we're going to have to. So I think having whatever your system is, I mean, some people have, you know, a big family calendar printed out in their living room where everybody has a color and you, you know, whatever, or whether you have something digitally, I do think it is good to have a common coordinating calendar um, for all parties who are adding to that just to, to help with communication I mean, there's been many times, and we'll hit on this with scheduling, where Simeon and I, you know, have, we have the Sunday chat, the Sunday rundown of what the week looks like. Um, you know, then we kind of have the nightly reminder of what the next day looks like. But, you know, again, life is busy, stuff happens. So it's nice to just have that at a glance, especially because we choose to do digital on our phone and he's out a lot that, hey, if, if a pastor wants to get coffee with him, he can quickly pull up and be like, well, I can't do it Wednesday. You know, my kids have swim lessons. Or whatnot. So that's just been really helpful um, to have those coordinating calendars. And I touched on this a little bit, but we do have our weekly rundown. A testament Usually, to the fact that this works too, by the way, is that we only have one car right now. Yeah, that's and that another reason why we have a coordinating impossible calendar. to coordinate if we were not, yeah, if we were not syncing calendars. There's no way we would know who's got the like car and where. 95% of the time you have the car and I'm home <laughs> with the kids. But that 5%, I need the car. Um but we do, we have a weekly rundown. So whether this is kind of like a Saturday night or a Sunday night thing, 
usually we look to that week and I just tell him, hey, just so you know, these are some things we've got coming up. Um, these are just things that need to be on the radar that we need to think about. Maybe it's a little bit like an, an extra event or something that we have to finagle. Okay, well, this is normally like a work day. How are we going to make this happen? Especially like you said, we have one car. So we just have to work through all of that. Um, but that's been helpful for us as a couple. I think it also just gives us kind of a week at a glance type thing. This is what's up and coming. This is what the week's going to look like. Um, I've talked on here before on the podcast, how we do a stay up late night with the kids once a week, uh, one child we rotate through. So even stuff like that, just helping us to kind of get a look at the week and be like, okay, well, Tuesday's out, Thursday's open. Let's keep that in mind. Just getting an idea of the week. Um, it also helps to create some rhythms, um, as you're scheduling things, you know, you just having those routine things that happen like, okay, we know the stay up late night is going to happen at some point in the week. Now it varies what night that is just because life varies. Um, but we know that's part of our weekly rhythm. The family day, um, is part of our weekly rhythm. We do try to set aside a day for that, but again, sometimes stuff comes up. Um, but just having some of that, another thing that I think is so important with schedules is you do have to allow for margin. Um, you know, you don't want to so pack your schedule or even clear your schedule that you do not allow for the Holy Spirit's leading, you know, don't get so married to your calendar and to your rhythm of the day that you are completely derailed if God intervenes in that. That also means that you cannot overschedule yourself. Um, if you have got your schedule so jam packed full of what you deem as critical or important, then you're doing too many critical and important things. And that's coming from a person who is running a business, helping someone running a business and pastoring a church at the same time and preaching at another church most of the time. (laughs) And So I'm, I'm an incredibly busy person, but there are things that you have to be, you have to give yourself leeway to say, no, I can't do that. I can't do everything. There are so many ideas and things that I have that I could do that I'm not doing because you have to prioritize. You have to make sure that you have time for the things that you've already committed yourself to for one. And some Um, of that goes on a piece of, well, me, because I'm a pen and paper girl. I don't know what you do, but some of that goes on a piece of paper as a dream for maybe a different season. Every season's going to look different. I feel like that is something the Lord is really teaching me is that life really is lived in seasons. And right now we're, we're just in a, a, a season of a lot of little kids and a baby church. Um, but the season won't always look this way and a different season may give more time, more space, Um, It may get busier and we will have to prioritize um, and scale down even more. But I think just kind of uh, keeping that in mind when you come to this. Do you want to talk a little bit about the Reclaim? uh, What is it? Yeah. Yeah. So a while back I found a a tool. And by the way, when you're when you're trying to learn how to prioritize things, there are all kinds of tools out there that you can use. There are devices that you can get. There are things that you can do. Don't shy away from trying something. It may not work. Um, I've tried a lot of stuff that didn't work, but um, I did find recently, and it's been working fantastically for me, 
Um, it is an application you can get. It doesn't have a web app or it doesn't have a uh, phone app, but you can do it on your phone using the website, which actually works just fine. Um, it is called Reclaim. You can find it at reclaim.ai. Um, and what it is, is basically you plug in your Google Calendar, whichever one you want to use for your work purposes. And what it does is you add tasks to your calendar. And you can do this either through Google Calendar or through Reclaim. And as you add a task, you give the task a title. You tell Reclaim how long you think it's going to take you to accomplish the task, when it's due, and how high of a priority it has. And what it does is it takes all the tasks that you input and it separates them into chunks of time throughout your work week. And so I've told Reclaim, okay, my working hours are between this time and this time on Monday, this time and this time on Tuesday, all the way through the week. And then it says, okay, so those are your working times and it takes all of your tasks, splits them into chunks and it splits them out all through the week by due date and by priority level. So basically it's taking all the things that I need to do, organizing them in a way that makes the most sense so that I can get everything done on time, in time. And I so far have been able to get everything not only done on time, but done early, thankfully, um, that I needed to get done. The other neat thing that it does is it allows you to track a second calendar for events. So Reclaim, when I'm putting stuff in, it's also looking at Brittany and I's calendar to see if she's scheduled anything. And if she has, it won't schedule anything at the same time as whatever she has scheduled. So she can know if she puts something in her calendar, Reclaim won't have me doing something else during that time. It saves that time for me, um, which is has been absolutely excellent. So I'm not having to constantly look at my calendar and see when I can work and when I can't work and all this kind of stuff. All I have to do is pull my calendar up and look at it and see, okay, Reclaim scheduled me time to work today, so I must have time to work today, which has just been absolutely awesome for me, not having to do that mental math every single time she says something to me. But that said, again, that that tool is called reclaim.ai. Um, it's, it's a .ai because it uses AI technology to scan through your um, your calendar and determine what blocks of time to use. But anyway, that's been an awesome tool for me. But there are other tools and there are other things out there. Just find something that works for you. Um, if using a pen and paper works for you, use a pen and paper. Um, but you you may, if 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 you're like me, you can't keep everything in your head. I have way too much stuff to do to try to keep it all in my head. So don't be afraid to try something. And if it doesn't work, get rid of it and try something else. So that's been a little bit just random thoughts really about schedules. We're going to transition into talking about technology. So we live in a day and age where there is just always this tug for our attention And I think sometimes when we come to the topic of simplifying life, maybe it's not necessarily life itself that is too much. Um, Maybe it's that when you do have the downtime, when you have the time at home, when you have the time with family, when you have the time with your spouse, or maybe even when you have your own individual time, that you are feeling so stretched thin because technology holds a place in your life that is out of order. 
Um, maybe you're not feeling rested or this soul refreshment um, because of this area. And I feel like it's becoming just an increasingly more problematic thing in our generation today. Um, so I, I thought it really warranted being addressed in a topic on simplifying life. Um, I found something that said 91% of people always have their phone on their person. Um, and and the, the person that was talking about this said that really you're, the usage of your phone equals its presence. So they equated you being engaged with your phone as it just simply being present on you. And it said 89% of the time engagement is self-initiated. Um, I think sometimes we like to think, well, like, oh, I'm only going to check it if I get a notification. But st- statistics are showing us that 89% of the time we initiate the that connection with our phone. Now, I know something that has really helped me is Simeon got me a smartwatch recently. And so that's been helpful, which almost kind of sounds like counterproductive. Like if I'm trying to be on my phone less, why am I strapping a watch on my wrist that is going to ping whenever I get a notification? But it's actually been so helpful for me because I've really been working on setting boundaries with my phone. Um, and pretty much like the, the chunk of our homeschool day is done from like, you know, from after breakfast until lunchtime. So those morning hours. And I've really tried to put my phone in the bedroom, shut the door, not have it on my person so that I am not tempted. I am not falling in this 89% of self-initiation. Um, it's just, it's not on me. It's not even with me. But it has helped having the watch because I can quickly look and see, oh, okay, well, that's an email keep going with my day. Oh, that Simeon texting me with a, with a like time sensitive question. I need to stop and respond, but that's been helpful for me. Um, and it may be something that you think, well, that that's not going to help me having that constant reminder. There is too much. Um, but that has been something that's helpful for me, but I think you just, when it comes to technology and this isn't just phone, I mean, this crosses over into so many things, TV, uh, computers, video games, screens in general, it really just tends to clutter up our lives. And I think as a couple, you really need to, when you're doing this assessing and prioritizing and all of this, it's a good conversation to have. Of what are our boundaries? Do we have boundaries? We always think that that technology is going to simplify things. And sometimes it does, like that Reclaim app I was just talking about. Obviously, it, it helps to prioritize my schedule. But there are... It's, it's also true that technology does not always help. Like, for instance, the advent of... I was reading an article just the other day about the advent of email and the effect that it had on businesses. And they thought at the time, if businesses could implement email, that people could immediately directly communicate with each other and with large groups of people, and that would make communication more effective. All these years later, we look back, and anyone who's ever been in a large company knows that email is like the worst way to communicate with large groups of people uh, within a company. It just, it doesn't work. It's great for other things, for for marketing and for information and that kind of thing. But within companies, it just doesn't work because what happens is it's too much. You're getting too much communication. And I think often with, with technology, we 
our human nature has a tendency instead of using things, we have a tendency to abuse things. And um, with technology, it's like anything else. It's just like, you know, food or exercise or anything else. You can get addicted to that thing and over consume it. And with technology, there's, there's so many things that we can use it for that are positive. But with everything that we get from technology that's positive, it's a tool. You can use it in a good way. You can use it in a bad way. And more often than not, we have a tendency to use things in the wrong way if we're not careful. Well, and we're not here to say that technology is just <laughs> evil. Um, I mean, we good grief. I, I have a podcast. He runs a online web design business. I mean, tech is a part of what feeds our family. We're thankful for it. It's just, it can so quickly and so easily become something that is out of place um, that is not, uh, holding the proper place is not remaining in those boundaries. And Simeon and I were just talking recently. I mean, our childhood was completely different than the childhood that our children are having just because of the influx and the advancement of technology. Mm -hmm. So we're really living in a day and age where we are not we don't have decades of evidence of, you know, what are the repercussions? I did an episode here a while back on our thousand hour outside challenge on that. I shared a lot. Kids aren't going outside anymore. Um, they're coming home from school and they're sitting in front of a TV for hours on end. We have yet to see the data that is going to come out in the next 50 or a hundred years of generations that have been so heavily tech influenced. In a way we are. I mean, our our generation, I'm, I'm 32. Our generation is so screen addicted and you can see it. Um, I, I was, I was, again, I was just looking at an article I saw the other day on Twitter. Someone posted a thing about people our age and the income level that they're making compared to the income level of people from years ago. And it was saying that it is not due to the overall income going down, but rather that our generation just makes less money, just ours. And it's because we don't get promoted. And the reason why we don't get promoted is because we lack focus. And part of why we lack focus is because we spend our whole lives being entertained. I mean, I was outside a ton when I was a kid, but I also sat in front of a television quite a bit when I was a kid too. And so in a way, although we weren't as involved with this kind of thing as the generation is currently, um, we were still much more so than our parents' generation was. I think when you come to technology, you really just need to, as a couple, ask yourself some questions. And, and again, this is going to look different for every family, but what boundaries are you going to set uh, for yourself? You know, we are modeling for our kids. Uh, we are modeling screen addiction or, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I, I know something I was convicted of here a few years ago. I was reading a lot from the Kindle app on my phone and when my kids were outside playing and it was, it was my time. It was afternoon free time. And I was reading, I was doing a hobby that I love, but they did not know that all they saw was that they were outside and mommy was over on her phone. And I was really convicted of, you know what, just, I mean, I don't even have to have the physical book, but even just my Kindle, just so that they are making a mental connection that mommy's not just mindlessly scrolling social media. Um, but what boundaries are you going to have? Um, you know, and people have different things. You may have no phones on Sunday, um, no phones past whatever, you know, we try to be off our phones by 9 PM. Um, just so that Simeon and I aren't 
up scrolling uh, until like 10 30 11 o'clock and then it's like oh well kiss and good night um you know trying to just put some boundaries you just talk through that um what does that need to look like for your family um another thing that i was hearing somebody talk about recently is just decluttering your phone content maybe you need to literally simplify your phone are are there games that are just time wasters um maybe at social media maybe you need to take a break or whatever, but is, are there apps or things that are just drawing you in that you just need to to simplify, to declutter? And then really just asking the question, what place do you want tech to have in your home? Now, like I said, we, we're not an all or nothing family. Um, we watch movies from time to time. Um, we enjoy being on our computers. We enjoy being on our phones. I mean, I enjoy scrolling social media. He does as well. Um, but you need to ask what place does it need to hold in our home? Um, which we've shared in a couple different ways that when we moved here to Australia, we've been here almost a year now, we decided that we did not actually want a TV in our home. We wanted our gathering places, our, our living room, our family room, the places where our family gathered to not be constructed around a TV. Um, you know, we wanted it to foster conversation and areas for playing games and things like that. Or, you know, we we spend more time at the kitchen table. We go outside more because it doesn't have that draw um, in our home. So, I don't know, do you want to give... What do you think? We've been a year now not having a TV. Has it been helpful? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for one, our kids are not asking to watch television. Um, so it's removed a layer of temptation for them. Which- well, and I, I can't even say here too, me as the mom, it's so easy, especially come like four o'clock when I'm trying to get dinner. When we had the TV, you know, I could say in my mind, like, oh, we're not going to watch it. We're not going to watch it. But then come four o'clock and they're chaotic and I'm trying to get dinner and I know you're on your way home. And it was so easy to make that choice. I think too, like um, most, most people, when they talk about habit forming and habit breaking and all that kind of thing, they, they, they say that the best thing you can do is make it hard to do the things that are the bad habits and make it easy to do the things that are good habits. So what we've done is by not buying a television, we can still watch stuff on phones and laptops and all that kind of stuff, but we've made it hard to, and and our kids don't have their own phones, so they don't have things that they can watch easily accessible. So for us to let them watch something or for us to give in to that temptation of, Oh, I just need them distracted for 20 minutes. Um, it's actually difficult for us to do that because we have to go get a laptop, get it out, constantly worry that the kids are going to break it, like that kind of thing. Well, and even as a couple, you know, we've talked before so many times on the podcast about how when we first got married, our just go-to hangout thing was to sit in front of the TV and watch shows mm-hmm. for hours. We don't have that option now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've found other things to fill our time. And, you know, I saw another family recently. They actually have a TV on a tripod thing. Um, so they have a TV, but it is easily put in a closet and that's actually where they keep it. If they want a family movie, they pull it out. Um, they get a bigger, nicer screen than, you know, when we watch stuff on the laptop, although our kids don't mind because they get it so little that, you know, they're happy to crowd around the laptop. I don't know the difference. But just saying like, it looks different for every family and that's what's working for them. 
Um, but I, I think just in in all of the tech stuff, remembering important moments rise in the mundane. Um, I, I did an episode recently about the gift of boredom. Sometimes we feel like we have to do all that we can to keep ourselves and our children entertained. Um, but some of the best conversations and moments and memories come out of just just mundane. I mean, the Andy Griffith days of sitting on the front porch and, and talking. We've talked before on here about the how the Bible, God says, be still and know that I am God. We are not living in a generation that is still very often. Um, and maybe putting technology in a, in a proper place in your home will help you in that. But just be a present family. Um, you know, I, I just think as a mom and as a wife, I don't want to get 10, 15, 20 years down the road and look back and be like, that went so fast. And I missed things because I was busy keeping up with the Joneses or whatnot. Like I, I want to be there for those moments. I want to be, I want to be present. I want to be engaged. I want to invest myself in what really matters to me. I will say this too. I think this next generation and possibly the one that came before it might be the first generation of people that grew up not just looking at the screen side of the phone, but staring at the camera side of the phone because their parents recorded everything um, and posted to social media. And as they get older, they begin to realize that their parents are not posting the good and the bad. Their parents are posting a phony facade of what their household looks like. And I think what we're going to find is we're going to have a lot of kids who grow up with a certain measure of bitterness because their parents pretended like everything was always You have the flip roses. side, though, where, where some people do show. Yeah, or complain you know, constantly. And, and I've, I've had people before reach out to me and ask me, like, wow, your life is just a bed of roses. You're always happy. Everything's always going great. Your kids are always getting along. Um, you don't live with me. <laughs> Things are, can you testify? Things are not always a bed of roses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more often than not, it's a three ring circus here, but I have chosen to use the platform that I have online, um, Lord willing in a Christ honoring way and airing out my family's dirty laundry. What's the point? What I mean, what what does that do for them? What does that do for eternal purposes? Yeah. That's just not the place. But also, I think there's a certain measurement that we have to have with how much. Like, you should be able to have family time together without constantly having to stop, take photographs or document. videos or document everything. Um. We had an entire, I mean, my, my, our grandparents' generation never took photographs, like ever. When they did, it was like a big deal. They hired somebody to come in and do all this stuff because it was, they couldn't. Technology just didn't exist like that. Yeah. But they lived. And then you'd sit around and you'd go and you'd talk to them and you hear all these wonderful stories about the things that they did and all this kind of stuff. I think we're going to have a generation of people who doesn't have any stories. They just have pictures. And there is a balance to be found. I mean, I, you know, I'm the mom who has the thousand or well, a lot more than a thousand pictures on my phone of my children. 
Um, and, and I enjoy that. And I like to look back on that. And I am thankful, especially now that our life situation is what it is. I'm thankful that social media allows me to connect with, you know, extended family and friends. And I, I enjoy watching their kids grow up. They enjoy watching my kids grow up, but there is that balance to be found, um, where, you know, you don't have to document everything. Um, let some things just be family things and try to live in the moment. And like we said, be a present family. And that really transitions us to the last thing. And when you're simplifying your life, and this this just really kind of falls under that prioritizing what is important. I mean, on uh, first and foremost, the Lord and the calling that he has on your life and your family's life. But home and family is so important. And I think in pursuit you know, so we want the best for our kids. I, I want the best for my kids. I'm assuming you want the best for your kids. And sometimes we feel like the best for them is gymnastics on Monday and music lessons on Tuesday and soccer on Thursday. You know, we, we've got to, even in prioritizing family, ask ourselves, what really matters? What is important to me? And again, looking at the trajectory of your life in 5, 10, 15 years down the road, when we look back, what are our memories going to be? What was the emphasis of our home? You can't do everything. And we talked about this in, in our, um, our, our, what was the episode called? I can't even remember the, the family. Fam- thank you. The family culture episode. Um, you can't do everything. You can only do what you can do. And so you have to say no to some things. You have to say yes to some things that perhaps you don't really like, but somebody else does like. And it has to fit your family's overarching goals, whatever those might be. So prioritization, again, we talked about that earlier, but that that is really where this comes in. You prioritize the things that you want to do. And then when it comes to your home and family, you have to decide, okay, within the sphere of my home and family, what things are important, what things aren't important. Like for us, you know, we have certain things that are important. We spend, like she said, we spend one night every week with one kid by themselves. They get to stay up late. We do a fun thing with them because we want that kid to know that they're special to us. They're not just lost in the crowd somewhere. That's uh, that's a priority. That means that that's one night a week that I don't have available to me to work on stuff if I'm running behind or whatever. It's just not available because that's the priority. So well, you, you have even, to set that. Even good things can get out of balance. And, and family is one of those, you know, as idyllic as it may sound, <laughs> we aren't called to live on a remote Island with just our family and live it up 24 seven. There are responsibilities of life. And you know what, in, as a husband and wife, learning to prioritize, implementing these things in your home. That is setting a pattern, again, that is modeling for our children. They're going to have to do the very same things in their life. You're going to have to work to provide for your family. You're going to have to do chores. Not every moment can be these warm and fuzzy family moments. But like Simeon said, when it comes to home and family, it does it have a priority? Do we need to simplify other things so that home and family can have its proper place? For example, dinner is key. Like that's a foundational family thing. We have dinner together. Now, oftentimes other people are joining in with us on that, um, but it is important to us for everybody to be home, 
by dinner time, sitting together, enjoying that family meal together. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for our family, breakfast is almost as important as dinner. <laughs> I'm in school right now, so I miss breakfast some of the time. But um, for us, that's kind of, it sets the tone for the day. It helps get our schedule kicked off. There's some things that kids have to get done before they're allowed to come to breakfast. So that forces them to, you know, manage their time and starts teaching them about time management a little bit. Um, but yeah, meals are a priority. And for us, it's a good time for us to sit down and just spend time together as a family, not doing anything that's designated as family time. We're just chatting, talking, about whatever. That's it's critical. It's absolutely critical. I, I have a feeling and I know this to be true for basically all of human history. There have been parents who literally did not know their kids and kids who literally did not know their parents because they never spent time together well, when they quality, did. It was some big family vacation, but it yeah. wasn't actual just regular life stuff. We have to remember quality is very important. Sometimes you may have quantity, but it is not quality. And this kind of links back to the tech. I mean, maybe you're watching a movie together every night as a family, but ask yourselves, is is that what we want to be family time? Pastor Pastor Kemper over here, um, our pastor here in Australia, he said something that was quite profound to me. He was talking about spending time with his kids when they were younger. And he said, you don't get to choose when quality time happens with your kids because they bring up those conversations when they're ready to have those conversations with you. He was talking about having teenagers and when they would bring up the difficult topics and that kind of thing. He said, they're going to bring it up when they're ready and you need to be ready when they're ready. And he said, if you're not having quantity time, you won't have quality time. Because you have to be there for them when they're ready. And that's not going to happen if you're not spending quantity time with them, which I thought was was really, really profound. Because, like, like, you know, you don't get to just say, you know, I've got an hour this afternoon. We're going to have a real quality chat. That, that's not the <laughs> way life works. They're ready when they're ready and you need to be ready when they're ready. Well, and we do want to be ready when they're ready. And I think that's where even some of our heart for this episode came in is that if life is just so cluttered that there isn't time for a husband and wife to just open your heart and talk. There's not time for your children. Or maybe, you know, maybe there is time, but it's a distracted time. It's a time where technology is pooling or schedules are pooling or something, and you're missing that connecting. Like, that's the heart of this. Why Why would you want to simplify life? Why would you want to scale back? Why would you want to prioritize these kind of things? It's because we want that connection. We, you know, you get you get one shot at at these different things, and we just we want to steward that time well. Um, and and sometimes that means you just have to take a hard look together and say, do we need to simplify? Yeah. And then, the, you know, there's always the, um, the job description question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, that is a silly question for a job, but it's not a silly question for a family. Um, you know, in 10 years, there are certain things that are going to happen. You know, if the Lord doesn't come back and the world doesn't turn upside down, you know, if you have a 10 year old, you know, you're going to have a 20 year old who's likely moving out of your house. 
if you have, a, you know, if you if you have a child on the way and it's your first kid, you know, in 10 years, you're going to have a 10 year old. Right. Unless something massive changes, that's going to happen. What are you planning for that? Are, are you thinking ahead? There are certain things that are obvious financial, like we have some bank accounts that we deposit into every month for our children for some day that they're going to be able to use. Like those are normal, obvious things. But what about prepping your 10 year old for being 10 before they're 10? What about trying to think ahead about, okay, when we talk about um, one of our kids who's, who's exceptionally bright and we talk about her all the time and we say, okay, um, what is she going to do? Is she going to be prepared to what do whatever God wants her to do? We have to think about that stuff now. Um, we did an episode, oh my goodness, years ago now. I'll find it and link it down in the comments because you'll probably never find it scrolling back through. But it was called Parenting and Discipleship. But really, that that you just talking about that, that comes into my mind. You know, the whole premise of that was Christ is our example, Okay. And his relationship with his disciples, he said that the call to Christ was a call to be with him. Jesus did the day in, day out, walking through life with his disciples. And that is the that is the format format. That is the path in which the daily discipleship happened. We see that in Deuteronomy. You know, that we are to be instructing our children in the morning, in the evening, when we walk by the way, when we lie down, when we rest, all these different things. So the life, being being a family, you know, whether it's just your, you and your spouse or whether God has given children in your home, this life is a life of this calling of being with. And we don't want to miss that. Um, so, you know, we're, we're willing to have these conversations and do what we need to do so that we are walking out that road of discipleship as a family, following in Christ's example of living with and seeking that life abundant. Yeah, and again, I think I think a lot of that you're you're with Christ, yes, um, but you have to be with your family in order to lead them. Men, um, moms, you have to be with your kid in order to raise them, in order to lead that household well. You 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 have to. Um, and it's not just quality time, it's quantity time. You have to be with them to know them. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, I never really knew my dad and it may not even be somebody who didn't grow up with a dad. It's just the dad was never around and you, you, you have to, you have to spend that time. But if you're going to spend time with your family, you have to be purposeful about it. You have to schedule your time out properly. You have to manage yourself and your time properly in order to do that. And, you know, the, whatever you have to do to make that happen, I mean, you, you, you have to do it. If you have to get rid of something, cancel something, quit doing something, start doing something. Um, but you need to take a hard look at your schedule and figure that out. Um, for us, one of the things that we mentioned it earlier briefly, but one of the things that helped us the most was having certain routines that take place every day, like dinner, um, or like the stay up late night for one of the kids. It's, it's a routine. We know it's going to happen. And so we can schedule life around that. And that that's, that's helped enormously. 
So that's it. That's just some random thoughts that we have on simplifying life. We have stated it before and we will state it again. We are no authority. Don't come to these NHC family episodes thinking that you're going to sit down and glean uh, all this wisdom from us. Because honestly, anything we have to share is literally in real time or, you know, maybe a few weeks after because we record these a little bit early. Um, What God is currently teaching us as we just, we're in the trenches, we're walking life really alongside you in this unique platform that God has just opened up through this podcast. Um, but we are trying to walk this road of sanctification. And as God is teaching us stuff, we are just trying to speak out of the overflow and be a blessing to your family. And, and I hope that's what it's accomplishing. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, we look forward to joining with you next month as we address a new undesirable couple of the Bible and another topic for the Holman family. Thanks for joining us. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.